Those who are listening online, we want to welcome you. We want to welcome you to New Life Horizon Church. We are here to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We want to welcome our Abba Father, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Holy Spirit, our Advocate, our Comforter. Welcome in this place and have free reign in our lives. It's a beautiful morning in Texas. It's actually cool today, although it's 81, it's beautiful. And um, we just want to pause and pray for those who are hurting. We want to pray for those who are hurting that are at home in Texas, in Houston, that there is flooding and there is that some people have lost their lives. We want to stop and remember them. So far, we have five people who have lost their lives and we want to pray for them and their families. We want to pray for those who are stranded and unable to leave their homes. So Lord, we just want to, to come into the different situations this morning. We want to just pause and remember those families who have lost loved ones in the flood. We ask for your comfort, sweet Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and comfort, Lord God. Come and, and, and comfort those who are hurting. Lord, that they will know that you are there, that you are with them, that you love them, that you care for them, Lord. We pray, almighty God, that, Father God, that they will see you in a new and fresh way. Lord, for those who are stranded, Father God, we pray that you would send help from the north, the south, the east, and the west. For those who need water, for those who need food, Lord, send help. We pray, Lord God, that even as we know of your faithfulness, Lord God, that people will look to you even now and not to man. But they will call upon the name of Jesus and be saved. We want to remember the Caribbean at this time, Lord God, where there are storms and there's flooding. And Lord, Trinidad and Tobago has flood out, flooded out, Lord. We pray that there will be no loss of lives. We pray, Lord God, that you'd send rescuers from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord. Lord, that lives will be prepared preserved and people will turn towards you that they may recognize you as the king of kings we want to pray for Grenada because we understand that Karen is heading for Grenada right now we want to stop and we want to pray for your comfort and your your hand of protection around people's homes and properties around lives Lord God Lord we want to pray for your mercy to extend your hand of mercy, Lord God. Lord, we specifically, specifically need your mercy at this time. Lord, that there will be no flooding, that there will be no loss of life, Lord God. Have mercy in the situation, Lord. We pray for your peace, 
Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that everyone will be prepared for what is coming. Lord, it is possible for you to even turn the storm. So we ask for you to turn that storm even now, Lord God. To speak to the storm and command it to, 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 to stop right now, Lord. We are speaking to the storm. And we are speaking to that storm and we are saying, be still, wind, be still. And know that there is a God in heaven who loved the people of Grenada, loved the people of, of Trinidad, who loved the Caribbean. Lord, we pray, God, at this time, hearts will be turned towards you and you may be glorified. That in the midst of the storm, we will have peace because we know we have your protection, Lord. We thank you for what you are about to do. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a God of the impossible. And you said all things are possible in you, Lord. And so as we stand, Father God, looking towards you and asking for mercy on behalf of the Caribbean, Lord, you are able. Your hand is not too short to save. And therefore, Lord, we come. Every plot and plan of the enemy, we pray that it may come to naught right now. In the name of Jesus. That people will be looking towards you, Lord. Not towards help from others, but towards you. Our hearts will be turned towards you, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy, Father God. And for those who are listening, we ask you to continue to pray for the Caribbean, even as we, you listen ask you to continue to pray for Grenada. Lord, you're a good God. You're a merciful God. You are a faithful God. Your faithfulness is beyond our imagination. You embody faithfulness. And this morning, Lord, your word says, Psalm 89, Verse 1, I'll read a couple of verses, but I'll be skipping through the verses because it's, it's 52 verses and it's a long psalm. But it says, I will sing of your mercy, of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness is established in the heavens. And I'll jump down and it says here, O God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule in the raging seas. Hallelujah. When, it wave, when its waves rise, you still them. So Lord, even as your word, I didn't even remember while I was praying. Even as your word says, we stand on the word of God. And the word of God says that you rule upon the raging seas. And Lord, we are standing on this word this morning. Oh God, of your faithfulness, Lord God. That you are able to stand 
upon the winds, upon the seas, in the heavens. Who in the heavens is there like you, Lord? There is no one. There is no one. And therefore, Lord, we can look to you in the midst of the storm and the, 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 the physical storm here and cry out to you and recognize that you can still the storms because it belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. The heavens belongs to you. And you are faithful. Your faithfulness can be spoken through generations after generations. Lord God, it speaks in your word of who you are. You are the embodiment of faithfulness, Lord. And because you are faithful, Lord, when we cry out to you, we know for surety that you hear us. Lord God, you hear us because you are faithful, Lord. Your words say you, you, you listen to the righteous, Lord God. And so, therefore, we know you hear us this morning. We know you hearken unto our voice. And so we can thank you ahead of time of your faithfulness. We can thank you of your goodness. We can thank you of your greatness. We can thank you that no man will get your glory but you. Because you are awesome and great. There is no one else like you. There is no one that compares to you. It says, but my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. Put your name there and recognize that God's faithfulness and mercy is with you. And therefore, you are able. God, thank you, Jesus. Faithful, faithful, faithful is our God. Faithful, faithful, faithful is our God.
Tender mercies I 
Jesus. Your loving kindness, loving kindness toward me. Your tender mercy. Yeah. Hey. 
not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. But you created me to worship daily. So I'm
infinite. You're the ultimate. And oh Lord, we trust you. We trust you. Father God, we trust you, Lord. We recognize, Father God, because you are faithful. We can trust you, Lord. You created us to worship you, Lord. You did not create us to worry about what we may eat or what we may wear or what is happening because we can trust in you, Lord, because of your faithfulness because of your goodness, because of your kindness, because of your gentleness. You are a good God, and we can trust in you. You are a holy God, an awesome God. Lord Jesus, it says in Habakkuk, Lord God, that though we, the fig tree may not bear, and the olives may yield no crop, Lord God, we can trust in you. Lord, though the vines may not bear any food, we can trust in you, God. We can rejoice and come and give thanks to the Lord because we know you are faithful. So even when we do not see the evidence of your hand, we can trust your heart that you are a faithful God that you, Lord, are our strength, and you, Lord, will make our hind feet like a deer. Lord, that we may be able to stand on the rock of your salvation. In the midst of the circumstance, Lord God, you are able to stand, O oh Father God. We pray, Lord God, and we thank you in the midst of it all that you are able we quiet our hearts before you, Lord, as we, we prepare ourselves to hear from you through the word of God. Lord, we glorify you this morning. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. There are things that I prayed about before and I'm just seeing the manifestation of it now. Lord, you never said no, but you said wait. And so, Lord, on that basis, Father God, we can trust you knowing that your very embodiment, Lord God, is faithful. Lord, we may not see it now, but we can give thanks and we can sing of our trust in you and we can rejoice of your goodness and rejoice of what we, we do not yet see because we have faith in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who knows all things, who is the infinite God who is the ultimate God who word is whose word is settled from now to the very end of time whatever you say will be and therefore Lord God we thank you for your presence in this place and we ask you Lord God to continue being with us Lord continue to move with us and 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 Lord, teach us how to worship you, to just love on you, Lord God, to just curl up in your arms, Lord God, and recognize that you are Abba Father, but you are also worthy of all the praise, the honor, and the glory. 
Teach us to fear you and love you. Lord Jesus, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us. If you are just joining us right now, this is New Life Horizon Church. And we are continuing to worship with our offering. Just a moment that we set apart to bless God and give back to him what is his. Because we recognize that he's a good God. In spite of our shortcomings, he will continue to bless and expand his work in his timing. Uh, we can't force the timing, just as what, just as the same. We can't force somebody to to accept the Lord. We only can present it, and then the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Uh, our scripture reading will be taken from Malachi three thirteen to eighteen, and we recognize in Malachi he was talking um, to the church. Um, not to the unbelievers, but to the church, the believers, about the state of the giving. So verse 13 says, You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? Verse 14, you have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out all his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty. 15. But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly, evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. We realize that there is a time when judgment will come. So, when somebody is doing something with us, ask the Lord to just be with them. Because he will judge all the hearts. Then 16 says, Then those who fear the Lord talk with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who fear God and honor his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, because we know that there is a day. They will be my treasured possession. I will spare them. Just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. So Father, we thank you again for your word. And Lord, we thank you again for the opportunity to give back to you and for you to use it to be a blessing to us and to be a blessing to others so that your word will reach the highways and the byways because, Lord, we realize there are so many out there who are hurting. There are so many out there who don't know the right from left or up from down. So, Lord, we thank you again for the privilege 
and the honor to serve you this way, to, to be a blessing to the kingdom. Lord, we thank you again for your faithfulness. And Lord, for those who are even joining us, we, we thank you that they have the heart to give back to you, knowing that this is a blessing to the kingdom. So we thank you again in Jesus' name. And for those who feel the privilege or want to give online, we can give it through our PayPal account, which is newhorizonmin at gmail.com. And remember, if you need to send us a testimony of God's goodness in your finances, you can also email us at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. Yes, and also if you want to give by the, the, Zelle, the Zelle app, it's the same email address, newhorizonmin at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to play a song selection, then we're going to pray for the offering and announcements, and then we'll get right into the word. Thank you. Jesus on my side so bad I thought I would die But ain't no power stronger than the one that came and laid down his life And I got mountains to climb But the enemy can't stop me Cause there's a calling on my life So when I'm crying, don't last too long Cause he gon' step in and make it alright Only do it, he said he would Fight your battles for you They gon' wonder how you sleep at night He's always listening Ain't nobody perfect Everybody's hurting Need your whisper, Lord Save me from my weaknesses Cause you're always on time Come and get your breakthrough Cause I'm gonna get mine Only do it He said he would Fight your battles for you They gon' wonder how you sleep at night Only do it oh, Yes, he will Anybody tell you something different You know that's a lie we thank you for the offering that was presented to you this morning. Lord, we give you thanks, Father, and that you will return a hundredfold. You promise in your word that you will restore and you will return all the worms that the all that the conquer worm has stolen. And Father, I just pray that those who gave this morning, Lord, that you will bless them in return. Lord, I thank you for the heart that you have moved upon your people to be giving people. 
people would want to share that which you have blessed them with and to bless back your work so it can be accomplished. And so, Father, we just thank you as we offer this, this, these offerings to you. We raise them to you. We, we wave them to you, God. And we say, Lord, be blessed. Bless the sowers, Lord. Bless the sowers. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, good morning. My name is Ava Green Cameron. I am happy this morning to be standing here, to be here, actually. I look forward to Sunday morning. Sunday morning for me feels like, a, like the height of the, of the week. I know for some persons it may be Friday evening where you're coming off from work, but for me it is Sunday. <laughs> And this morning, I just wanted us to welcome you to New Life Horizon. I am mindful that you could have been somewhere else. I am mindful that you could have been also be online listening to, some, to another, another um, broadcast from another church. But we just want to thank the Lord that you chose to be with us, that you chose to, to spend the time with us, these this two hours that we come together for corporate worship. I'm thankful that you chose to join us. And even for those who could not be with us today, that we will listen in in the week, thank you again for just partnering with us as we just fulfill the commission, fulfill the mission of God that he has placed upon us as a people. This morning, I also want to, to remind you that in the next two to three weeks, we have our, our retreat coming up, Purposeful Living Retreat. And I'm seeing the more where I'm preparing for this retreat, the more I'm preparing my heart for this retreat, the more I am seeing that everything is centered around purpose. I am even mindful that the microphone that I'm speaking to, that before the, it was produced, the designer would have designed it in a way to fulfill that which they wanted to fulfill. So they knew that for it to, what they wanted to accomplish, that when, when someone speaks into this microphone, that it will amplify the voice or voices. And so we recognize that the same thing with God. Before he created you, before he created me, he had a purpose. And even the way my personality is, even the thing that I am attracted to doing or I am drawn to doing, and even this, my interests and my, my, my hobbies and all of those things, those far, form part and parcel of who I was created to do. The very innate things that I do that I don't have to think about doing. The thing that I like doing that, that comes natural to me and maybe not natural to you. And so I'm realizing that all of us have a purpose. But if I continue to live my life without fulfilling the purpose, I live me a meaningless life. I aimlessly try things, trial and error. I try this and I try that, trying to get to my place. And all of those moments are wasted moments. And so I ask you to come and join us. Come and be with us. As we come together and explore, as we come together and learn how to identify my purpose so that I can walk in it and fulfill everything and, and find the joy in my life. And so I just look forward to seeing you. It's been Roxton, Texas, and next year we'll be in Jamaica and in Florida. So plan to be with us. Plan to set aside the time in May for Jamaica or October of next year in Florida so that you can come and be with us. And so this morning, even as I share the word, I just want to ask the Lord to speak through me. I'm mindful that it's he who sends the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we can be his hands and his feet, so that we can be his mouth, so that we can be the vessel through which he works. So Father, I just thank you this morning for your presence, Lord. This morning I feel extremely sober. This morning I feel 
Lord, I, I, I know what I'm experiencing, God, and you know what I'm experiencing, but God, this morning, I ask you to come. I'm asking you this morning for your empowering, God. I recognize, Lord, as you have taught me that I cannot do anything and be successful without you. I cannot accomplish anything that gives you glory without you. Everything that I would do would be from self. And I do not desire this morning to be and speak from self. So come this morning, God, and empower me. You told me to ask. You said if I ask in your name, it will be done. So I ask in the name of Jesus this morning that your presence will saturate this place. That where there is this feeling of heaviness that I'm experiencing, that you will come and you will lift it. You will lift it, God. You will lift it because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. This morning I ask you to lift the heaviness, God. Whatever presence there are in the sanctuary this morning that is uninvited, I ask you, I demand, I command you, I instruct you to go in the name of Jesus. I declare that this place is holy ground. I declare that this place is saturated by the presence of the living God. I declare that when worship goes up, God, you come and you inhabit the place. So, Father, I pray over the hearts represented here this morning. I pray that we will have clean hearts to you before you, God. I pray that, God, that our motives and everything that we do this morning will be from a place of serving and honoring you. So be glorified this morning, Father. Be honored this morning in our midst. Be glorified, God, as we worship you. Be enthroned this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, the topic of my message is, are you in? And I dare to expand on it and say, if you are not in, you are invited. The topic this morning is, are you in? Many years ago, I went on vacation with my family. At the time, my children were much younger and needed supervision in the pool. And so I sat on the pool deck and I was at a book that I was reading and a woman caught my attention. When she caught my attention, I felt that I should go over and talk to her. Actually, she was in the pool with the kids and I felt that I should go in and talk to her and tell her, share with her my experiences with God and ask her if, I, if she wanted me to pray with her. Initially, it wasn't, it wasn't easy because you thought, oh my God, this person is on vacation. They didn't come to hear about God and I'm intruding. And I went through all the different thoughts in my mind. And I eventually said, you know what, I'm going to be obedient. And I went over. I went over and, and I was talking to her. And then her husband saw us talking and he came over and he joined the conversation. And then at a point I said to them, can I pray with you? And the husband responds to me, responded to me by saying, we do not believe in that. And as I was preparing this week, um, the scripture that I sense the Lord was telling me to share on, I recognized that because I was in, and because um, God moved upon my heart, he was telling me to invite those who aren't in to come in. And so when you are in, God will use you to invite others in. And so the question I ask you this morning is, are you in? And you may ask, what do I mean by am I in? Persons who are in have accepted Jesus' forgiveness of their sins. They have made him their Lord and their Savior. And their life are now his and not theirs any longer. So they no longer live to please and to do what they want to do 
but their aim is to please God. Persons who are in are now a part of the family of God. And so the question I ask again is, ha having explained what are you in means, the question I ask again is, are you in? Persons who accept the, 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 the commission of Jesus, persons who accept and are in, accept the commission of Jesus to go and to make disciples in their homes, their workplaces, their communities, and all the nations where Jesus has called them to go. And so I am, I, I, this, this has been just coming to my mind now for maybe about a month. I've been convicted and I've been feeling the leaning. And I've been asking the Lord, Lord, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I go and make disciples? How do I invite persons to come in? And I'm recognizing that there are some persons listening this morning that, are, that is not in. You have not made Jesus your Lord. You have not received the forgiveness of your sins. And, and so you're wondering, so because I have not done that, how can I do that? And today that's one of my, my aim. My aim today is to invite you in so that you can come and be a part of God's family. And in by doing so, you then become part and parcel of whom God will use to invite others in. In Acts 1 and 2 that we will observe today, we saw that Jesus invited persons in and they became known as his disciples. And after he, he was leaving and he spoke to them and he told them about the Holy Spirit who was going to come and to empower them so that they can do what he had commanded them to do. So in Acts 1 this morning, we see where, this, actually, I'm going to read from verses, um, from verse 6, in Acts 1, verse 6, and it says, So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the gospel, we notice that from the moment Jesus met his disciples, his main focus was to invite them to come in. And his main focus after they accepted him was to prepare them to carry on the mission to invite others in. So we see Jesus' aim was invite them in, prepare them so that they can go and invite others in. So let us look at that formula. Invite them in so that they can they be prepared to go and invite others in. And that's the same formula he's using with us. Even as he called his disciples, he called us. And he's preparing us and has prepared some of us to go and to invite others in. Jesus knew that his time on earth was short and that he was going back to the Father and would no longer be physically there with them. But he was not going to leave them alone. He was going to continue his mission through them, but he needed, them, he needed to further prepare them for what he had called them to do. And so he knew that for them to be ready, for them to be effective, for them to fulfill the mission, he had to empower them with the Holy Spirit so that they would be guided into all that they needed to do. The Holy Spirit, when he came, he came to be the counselor that they needed, to be the intercessor that they would need, the advocate, 
the spirit of truth who would empower them to be witnesses for Jesus everywhere they went. After his death and resurrection, Jesus presented himself to his disciples and to the women who were eyewitnesses, which we can see in Acts 1 from verses 1 to 4. And then he prepared them and he taught them and he said to them, he, he gave them convinced and proved that he was alive. And he taught them about the kingdom of God and he broke bread with them and he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and the prophecy in the Old Testament that spoke about him. And we can also see that in Luke 24, 27. He instructed them to share the good news, but they should, but he said to them, but do not leave Jerusalem. Wait until you receive the gift the Father had promised, which is the Holy Spirit who would come and empower them to be his witness. So we have great news this morning. Jesus did not leave his disciples alone, but what he said, he said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit, the very tool that they would need to be effective witnesses to fulfill Jesus' mission. The disciples were not going to be alone. And even as I thought about that, I'm realizing that even as Jesus has called us to fulfill the mission, we also won't be alone. He has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us. But we recognize that even though Jesus did all of that and he prepared them and he told them what was going to come and he told them that he was going to die and in three days would be raised, there were still many who didn't believe. And we see that you can be so close to Jesus, yet you lack the confidence in him and you lack the belief and the faith in him to do which he says or what he says he would do. And so in John 20 verse 27, we see Thomas saying, unless I see the nail prints, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and my fingers touch where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. So you can see that even though you may be close and you are already in, there are points in our lives that we come upon the roadblocks and, we, and, we, and it causes us to doubt and we do not believe. In Matthew 28, 12 to 15, we see the chief priests and the elders devising a plan and saying to, them, to the men who guarded the tomb, say that the disciples came and stole the body. And they went and they spread, and they paid these men to say that, and they spread the news that Jesus was not risen from the dead. It was actually his disciples who came and stole his body. And today, like then, there are many who have walked or become close or are a part of the family of Jesus, and they still do not believe there are certain aspects of Jesus. And there are many today who have not heard about Jesus, and there are still some who have heard but still do not believe. So the mission of Jesus is incomplete. Because once you have persons who have not heard, and those who have heard and still not believe, the mission is, not, is incomplete. And so God is saying to us today at New Life that I have called you and I have empowered you to go and to be my witnesses. And so we, we, we may ask, but they may, and even persons who, look, who are looking on may ask, but how will those who don't know know if we who know do not go? If you and I do not go and tell how will they know? 
And so I recognize that Jesus prepared his disciples and his church to carry on his mission by giving them the tool necessary to success successfully complete it. He gave them the Holy Spirit. So how will they know if you and I do not go? And I'm, I'm recognizing more and more, even as, I, as I've began to focus on it, it's like day after day I'm focusing, I've become more aware and conscious of this mission. I'm realizing that more and more that it is done sometimes, not necessarily the way that we think it is done. And I'm realizing, even as the Lord showed me over this weekend, that it is he who draws people. And, 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 and all he's saying to us that we need to be in a place of readiness. So when he says, speak to that one, we have a word. We are ready to speak. And so the first claim I will make to you today and present to you is that for us to successfully complete Jesus' mission, the church must be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came for the fulfillment of Jesus' promise, the disciples were obedient to the instructions they received. They waited in Jerusalem. And then suddenly, so they waited, so I'm realizing that obedience is a major thing for this mission. They waited as Jesus told them to wait. And suddenly, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit had come as Jesus had promised. So who is this Holy Spirit and why is it necessary for the church to be filled by him to complete the mission of God? The Holy Spirit is God, and therefore he possesses the characteristics of God that makes him special and unique and divine. He has a mind, so he can think. He has a will, and he has emotions, so he can be grieved, and he can experience emotions of joy. And it, what makes it possible for him to bring Bring, to be used to be for the church is that he has a compassionate heart and he feels and he knows and, and, and he knows the, 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 the feelings of those he, that he's sending us to witness to. And so Jesus will, so the Holy Spirit will know that next door or at home or in our workplace or on the road in the supermarket or wherever he goes, he will know, know the persons who are hurting and he will say to you, just say something, just run a joke, say something. Because he knows what that person is in need of. The Holy Spirit has the ability and the authority to empower men and women, boys and girls, to accomplish Jesus' mission. So those who witness do not have to work in their own strength. So when we go, we do not go in our own strength. We do not go with our own ability. We do not go because sometimes if we wait on our strength and our ability, we won't go. Because we will look at ourselves and we say, I can't do it. I am not equipped. I can't do it because I do not. I, I cannot do that. I can't do it because I didn't. And But the Holy Spirit is saying, I have already empowered you, so you have everything you need to go. The Holy Spirit functions as another counselor 
in John 14, 16 to 17. He comes and he comforts and he counsels the followers of Jesus. And he says to them, I will always be with you. So when you go, know that you do not go alone. In John 15, 26, he is the spirit of truth that goes out from the Father and testifies about Jesus through the believers. So when we go, he will be our voice. He will speak through us and he will testify to those who are listening. And you find yourself saying things that, how did I even think about that? It is beyond my pay grade. How did I think about that? It's beyond my intellect. It's be beyond my educational experience. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent, so he'll allow you to speak according to Psalms 139, 78. He will allow you to speak to persons because he's everywhere and he knows what every person is going through. So he'll allow you to speak to the person that you will meet next week and know things about them that you would not have known because he's omnipresent. He's omniscient in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. And he will allow you to know things that you would not have known. Because he knows the deep things of God. In John 14, 26, he teaches disciples all things. And he reminds them things that Jesus said and did. So you're in the middle of a conversation and you want to say something and you even want to use a share a scripture and you find that you're in and of yourself you can't even remember and he just comes and he reminds you of the scripture. That is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 78, he comes as the counselor that convicts. So as you speak, you, the Holy Spirit will convict persons in regards to of, of the world of convicts the world of guilt in regard to sin righteousness and judgment and he convicts us and and there, sometimes we are in and 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 although we are in we we sin and we fall short and we do things and he comes and he convicts us and he says what you're doing doesn't sit well with me what you're doing makes you make, make, make you sin and stand out and stand apart from me in John 16, 12 to 14, he comes and he, he guides us into all truth and he speaks only what he hears. Because his main focus is to bring glory to Jesus by taking what belongs to Jesus and make it known to all those who are in. The Holy Spirit has a way of revealing the things to come. And so we speak about prophecy and the foretelling and the forthcoming. And it indwells believers and enables them to live the Christian life effectively. You and I cannot, can never live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. As much as we are in, without the Holy Spirit, we are not successful. Without the Holy Spirit, we do not live effective lives. And there are times when you can recognize when you're out. Though you're a part of the family, you'll recognize that you're not in right standing. You, you watch your thoughts and you watch your actions and you say, but how is this that I'm doing? Resembling what the Holy Spirit has called me to do. How is my thought aligning with the mind of Christ? How is my action dictating to those that where I live and those where I work and those that I meet saying that what I'm doing I am representing Christ. 
The Holy Spirit convicts non-Christians of God's truth concerning their sin and their needing God's forgiveness and redemption. So you may find that you go to someone and you speak to them. It's like I met a woman in the supermarket and when I saw her, her hair cut caught my attention and I said to her, where did you go and have your hair done? And she turned around and we had a good conversation. And since I met her, I just started to pray and I said, Lord, open the door where I can speak to her about you. And I realized that what God has been doing is like, he has called, she now has an interest in me. And so she's texting me every day and she's saying, how can we meet? Where can we meet? What can we do? And I'm saying, God, you have opened the door. And that for me this week was showing me that God is saying that even though I've sent you, I've also called people to come to you so that you can share that which I have called you to share. So how does a follower of Jesus become filled with the Holy Spirit? Because we are not gonna make, we're not going to experience it the way the disciples had it. Because it was first then when the Holy Spirit was coming in, a, in the first entrance in that tangible way on earth. But in John 14, 13 to 14, Jesus tells us that if we ask for anything in his name, he will do it. So you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ask. Ask, Lord, I recognize that although I am in the family of God, I recognize that this, this week, last week, today, my thoughts are not aligning with your thoughts. My actions are not displaying that I am in. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. But I realize that in verse 15, Jesus gave a caveat. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. That's John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. So the caveat or the caveat, depending on your pronunciation, is that for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we must love God and we must be obedient to what he has commanded. And then he says, and when you then fulfill all of those, love me and obey me, I then will ask the Father to come and be with you forever. So, do you want to be filled this morning? Are you in and want to be filled this morning? Jesus is saying to you, obey me. Obey me and obey me and love me. And I will ask the Father to come in. So we see that the, the, the disciples' obedience demonstrated their love for Jesus. Jesus said, wait, and they waited. They could have had more logical ideas, and you could have, and no doubt you had bright sparks amongst them who would say, no, I have a better idea. I think we should do it this way. No doubt you had persons who said, okay, Peter, you heard him say wait, and we say, but okay, Peter, why do we have to wait? Couldn't we have waited somewhere else? Couldn't we have waited downstairs or on that other street? And you'll always have in the midst of any group or people, you'll always have different ideas. But Jesus, the disciples obeyed. And despite what the other person may have thought, we don't know. But we saw that they came together and they obeyed and they demonstrated that Jesus, we loved you. Jesus, we love you because we are obedient to you. 
and today for you and I, as Jesus calls us and he commands us to go, we show that we love him by obeying his commands. And he's saying to you and I this morning, go and tell. Go and tell those who, aren't, who are not in that they are invited to come in. The disciples were ordinary men without special powers. And whenever they felt afraid, they had Jesus initially with them. But this time, they were going to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. They would have felt powerless when Jesus died. And all hope would have been dashed aside. All the hope of their kingdom of Israel being restored, which is what they asked Jesus. When are you going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus, in essence, was saying to them, it is not for you to know when, when the Father has set the date or time. All I want you to do is to focus on what I have given you to do. Go and tell. And so you and I, even as we, we are thinking about going and telling, we're going to experience fear. We're going to think of time that, Lord, do I have the ability, am I equipped, do I have the words to talk to those who you have sent me to talk to? But Jesus is reminding us this morning that I have given you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do that which you cannot do of your own. I have given you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do what you cannot do without him. I have given you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do, to make, to go, to teach those who need to be taught and those who need to hear. The church must be indwelled by the Holy Spirit to fulfill Jesus' mission and be able to demonstrate through service the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you and I make ourselves available to God, he will bring about the opportunities and setting for us to be witnesses. As long as you and I make ourselves available to God, he will bring about the opportunities and settings for us to be his witnesses. And my second point today is, to successfully fulfill Jesus' mission, the church must demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7 to 11, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, convicts the world of guilt in regards to sin, righteousness, and judgment. And in verses 13 to 15, the spirit of truth that guides followers of Jesus into all truth and tells them what is to come. In essence, Jesus was assuring his disciples that preparation was made for their successful completion of his mission. They had the most effective tool for the mission, the Holy Spirit and his power. The Holy Spirit's power is not limited to us only having extraordinary strength and authority and force. But I have learned and is still learning that the power of the Holy Spirit in me allows me to be compassionate. 
It allows me to be obedient. It allows me to be trusting. It allows me to be comforting. It, is a, it allows me to be gentle. It allows me to be courageous. It allows me to be bold and kind and patient. It allows me to, to communicate. It allows me to be disciplined and self-control. It allows me to be forgiving and confident and gracious. It allows me to be efficient. And it allows me to be loving. So the power of the Holy Spirit does not only come by force and you're filled and you're strong, but it causes my heart, it works first on my heart and it makes me ready to go. So it makes me loving and it causes me to see those who are hurting and it causes me to see those who, have, who are not in and want to invite them in. In Acts 2, 14, we saw the Holy Spirit power being demonstrated through Peter when he boldly stood up with the 11 disciples and he confidently raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Although Peter was viewed as an ordinary and an unschooled man, Peter became a dynamic speaker. The disciples were no longer afraid. They became bold and courageous. Even though they were jailed, they were flogged and some were stoned to death. They did and endured things they could not have endured. They did and endured things they could not have done because they had the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the same thing Jesus is saying to us this day, today. When you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, you can do and endure things that you could not have done or endured without the Holy Spirit. There were God-fearing Jews and converts in Jer Jerusalem who understood what the disciples spoke when the Holy Spirit came on them. Because the Holy Spirit can make us understand persons or persons understand us who even have different languages, different cultures, different accents, different mindsets and perspectives because he comes and he becomes the interpreter. He comes and he translates and he causes you to understand me and me to understand you. And, and he causes us to accomplish things even in different cultures that we couldn't have accomplished. And I have asked the Lord, I said, Lord, there are so many other places you could have sent us. Why Texas? Why Texas where we have all of these mega churches and, and in a culture that is so men-led? How could you call us to that? It's counterculture. But Jesus is saying, I, wherever I have called you to go, I have equipped you to go. I have given you the very tool that is necessary, the Holy Spirit, who will teach you how to navigate your way through hard times, navigate your way in cultures that are different, navigate your way amongst people who are different, navigate your way amongst cultures and languages that are different, even with an accent, and cause them to understand you. I, re, I, I recall even as I said that being in my Bible study group where I'm the only Jamaican and everybody there and I say to them, I said, you have an accent. So if you do not understand me, let me know so I can explain so you can understand because you have an accent, I don't. And they would normally laugh. But I recognize that even as I sit and I speak with them week after week and we share 
And I'm realizing initially they may squint like they're trying to read my lips. But now I can see even as I meet with them, they're, they're more relaxed because they're not understanding my accent. And they feel comfortable saying, what did you just say? And I'm realizing that God will also bring us in situations where we never would have, under, I wouldn't have understand that the African-American language is a little bit harder, especially those who speak the Ebonics. But the Lord is also giving us an opportunity to be around them and to understand them. And they understand us. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he does things through us and in us that we could not have achieved on our own. And so they became compassionate and they healed the sick. They shared their possessions with each other and they looked after the widows. And so if today you are in and you're finding that your heart is not moved by the thing that, God is, that, that concerns God, you have to check it. Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? If today you find that you're in and your, your heart is not moved with compassion for those who are hurting or you do not have a desire to share or to tell, check your heart. Maybe you are just, you need to be topped up with the Holy Spirit and you need to be reminded of your mission. I remember obeying a sensing I had many years ago to go, which I had shared with you before, to go to Linstead, a place in Banbury, to share with a man I did not, I knew, but I did not know where he was living. And Banbury is a place I've never been. And I shared the story with you before, so I won't go back in depth with it. But I recognize that it was the Holy Spirit who was leading me to go. It was a strong presence I felt. And although I didn't know where I was going, there was everything in me wanted to go. I, the, the, the method in which God was taking me was also a method I would not have chosen to go. Because I drove and I had to park my car and go by public transportation. But I recognized that even as I go, what he had me doing was sharing and, and talking about him from the first public transportation I went in. From I went into that first van, I felt the strong urge to start sharing, to start talking. And would that, is that my norm? No. And so sometimes you, you may be on a, on, a, on a bus or you may be on a car, in a taxi or whatever, and you hear someone sharing the gospel and you wonder, but how could they do it? Invariably, it's the Holy Spirit moving upon them to share. I did not know what was happening to this guy. But the, because God is the omniscient one and he's omnipresent, he was where he was and he knew he was bringing me to go to pray. And so the Holy Spirit revealed things to me about that guy that I would not have known because I was not living with him. I have not been in communication with him for months or maybe years. But God was leading me. And there are times that I have felt the Holy Spirit leading me and I've chosen me to, but I have chosen to disobey because of fear. Felt like I wasn't ready or I wasn't equipped or I didn't know what to say. Or the person that he's sending you to, you feel intimidated because you see them in a particular way. But normally moments like that I regret it. Because what happened is that I miss out on the opportunity of being able to share my story about Jesus with others or what Jesus has done for me. To successfully fulfill Jesus' mission, you and I must be willing to go and to tell others that they too are invited. And we tell others by our own personal stories. How have Jesus impacted my life? 
How have my experience with him made my life better? Because he's not asking you to tell things that you do not know. He's asking you to share your personal experience of how he has transformed you, how his transforming power has worked in your life. According to 1 Peter 3.15, you and I must always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope we have, but we do this with gentleness and respect. So if you, at the end of today's service, and you are on your way home or wherever, and, 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 and the Lord says to you, share with that person. Peter is saying that we must be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. So we talk about Jesus. We talk about Jesus, and when we are amongst ourselves or when we are amongst other believers who are already in, we, it is easy to talk about, oh, I am blessed. I am favored. I am that. But Peter is saying, be ready to give an answer for the hope you have. Why are you comfortable? Why are you still serving? What is the reason? What has Jesus done for you today Why you are hopeful as opposed to be worrying and struggling and discontent? When Jesus was taken up into the clouds in Acts 1, 9 to 10, the disciples were intently looking up into the sky, hoping that Jesus would return. But it was not the time for him to return. They were given a mission to continue, and it's only when that mission is complete that he will return. Imagine, they saw Jesus ascending, and they were there looking up. Imagine the thoughts. Is he going to come back again as quickly as he left when he, when he died? Is he going to come back quickly? Is he just going to go up and come back down? And so I realized that while they were looking up, I don't know how long they stood there and looked up. I don't know if the angels didn't come and speak to them, if they would still be there looking up. And I realized that while we are waiting on Jesus, I, we have two choices. I can actively wait while demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit and share with those I'm called to witness to. Or I can wastefully wait. I can pay attention to all the changes happening around me, yet I do not open my mouth to share with others that, guess what? The kingdom of God is coming back. God is coming back. And when he comes back, he's not coming as a lamb. He's coming as a king. He's coming as the lion of Judah. He's coming to judge those who are righteous and unrighteous. In Matthew 24, 14 says, The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Jesus cannot come back. Jesus will not come back until all the nations hear about him. So let us wait actively. Let us wait keeping our eyes on him, yet making ourselves available to him to use us. Let us get busy. Let us ask him, Lord, each day, show me who you want me to speak to. Bring them to me or bring me to them. Whatever method or way you want to do it, let us get busy. The church must be indwelled by the Holy Spirit to fulfill Jesus' mission. They must be able to demonstrate through service the power of the Holy Spirit and must be willing to go 
any and everywhere they are sent. Any and everywhere. He said to them, go to Jerusalem, into Judea, into Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And my third and final point this morning is that to successfully fulfill Jesus' mission, the church must be willing to go. In Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power to go to the ends of the earth, to go to Samaria, to go to Judea, to go to Jerusalem and be my witnesses. Jesus wanted his, his disciples to be more interesting in witnessing than knowing about the end of times. To witness in Jerusalem where Jesus was rejected and brutally killed at the demands of an angry mob. In Judea, so think about it. So in, in, in Jerusalem, Jesus is saying to them, go and be a witness in Jerusalem. This was the very place that Jesus was brutally murdered. This was where the, the, the mob cried out, crucify him. They were also called to go to Judea where Jesus was rejected. His ministry was rejected point blank in Jerusalem. In Samaria, in Judea, yes. In Samaria, they, they were going to live, go to be witnesses amongst half-breeds, which were Jews who inter, intermarry or interact with other nations or other cultures. And they were not seen as Jews. They were actually not even treated as Jews. They were rejected, and these people also rejected them. And Jesus was saying to them, go to Jerusalem, where I was murdered. Go to Judea, where I was rejected. Go to Samaria, where these people won't even mix with us, and you don't even want to mix with them. Go to the end of the earth, where the Gentiles live a lifestyle that is different, and you cannot understand how ungodly they are. But I'm sending you to a people that are so different from you, that when you go, it must cause your heart to be humble. It must cause you to have compassion. It must cause you to be gentle and loving because you cannot go in your own strength. Racism in its eyes. God wants us as his witnesses to be willing to go any and everywhere he sends them to share that forgiveness of sin is available through Jesus' sacrifice. But we recognize over and over because where he's sending us, to whom he's sending us, what he's desiring of us to use to witness, we cannot go of our own strength. And so some of us may say, okay, I am loving her. I I am, that is one of my strong points. But normally what he's asking us to do will cause us to be humble. It will cause us to pull on things from him that we do not have naturally. Or things in us that are dormant that we chose not to use because in our minds it seemed as weakness. And even as I said it, I'm thinking of me. There are some things God is asking me to do and to use where I would not normally want to use those because I see them as weakness. And Jesus is saying to us today, I have given my church the tool to go. I have given my church the tool to be a witness and he has given us the Holy Spirit which is the very tool that the most effective tool we could ever need 
We can go with the word, but the word by itself will not accomplish anything. We need the empowering force and power of the Holy Spirit that will move upon us and transform our hearts and our minds so that when we go, we go in love. We go being gentle. We go ready to be effective for Christ. The Holy Spirit empowers believers to testify that Jesus died for our sins. He was nailed to the cross, but he has risen from the dead. And as a result, men, women, boys and girls just need to repent of their sins and accept him as Lord. Accept him as the Savior who allows them to be forgiven of their sins. Jesus is coming again to judge the living and the dead. Are you in? Are you in? Have you, are you willing this morning to sign up and say, God, I want to be counted as one who is in. I heard the invitation this morning, God, and I'm saying to you, I am not in, but I want to be in. I heard you saying that you came to give me life and to forgive me of my sins. And I'm saying to you, Father, I want to be in. The invitation is not out for those only who are influential. It's not only out for those who see themselves as the elite. The invitation is out for everyone, for all who will accept. It's not unique to somewhere he said, I only come for a set and I'm leaving. No, he came to, and he died for all. And he's saying to you, I can use you. I am inviting you to come in because I can use you to influence. So where you are not influential, he can use you to influence those that he has invited to come in. And so this morning, if you're here, or if you're hearing my voice, do not harden your heart. If you're hearing my voice this morning, you choose to not, please choose not to harden your heart because you fall in one of at one category. Either you are in or you are not in, but he's inviting you to come in. So where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? Are you in? Or are you one that is being invited in? Because if you are in, he's saying to us, get busy. Actively wait on me. Do not stand looking up in the clouds. Do not stand looking around you and looking at all the manifestations of the things that are happening that would cause your heart to fear. Get busy. Get busy. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Be ready to give an answer to those who do not have that hope. Actually, I am learning more and more that if I truly believe something, because if, if, I, if, I, if I go on the road right now and I heard that Kruger's is selling things on sale and Kruger's is saying, for every one you think you buy, I'm giving you three. I don't know who I wouldn't call and tell that I know is close to a Kruger's. And so it shows me that the thing that I believe and I see beneficial to others, I will share. But the thing that I do not believe or the thing that I am not so convinced about, I won't share. 
what Peter is saying to me today. Be prepared to give an answer. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Be prepared to give an answer to those who are hopeless this morning and allow the empowering power of the Holy Spirit to come. And so, Lord, I ask you this morning that where my heart is not ready and pliable and soft and loving and gentle and compassionate to go, Lord, give me that heart this morning. Make my heart like yours. Let me see people the way you see them. Let me feel for them the way you feel for them, Lord. I cannot do it of my own. I am not wired that way normally. But I am asking you this morning, God, give me a heart like yours. A heart like yours is my desire, God. A heart like yours is what I'm searching for. A heart full of compassion. A, a heart full of love. A heart that is kind. A heart that is gracious. A heart that is forgiving. A heart that is gentle. A heart, God, that seeks to fulfill your mission. Please hear me, Lord. Give me a heart like yours. And that may be what you're saying to the Lord this morning. Or maybe you're saying, God, I have the heart, but I'm afraid. And he's saying, I have empowered you with the Holy Spirit. Where you have the heart, I have given you boldness. Where you have the heart, I have already made you courageous. Because the Holy Spirit has a way of doing everything and being everything that you need to be effectively go. Everything you need, you have in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I cannot speak. He said, I can speak through you. Lord, I do not know the words to say. He said, I can speak through you and I will tell you the words. Lord, I do not know the scriptures to quote and I do not, do not know what Jesus has commanded me to, to say. He says, I will take from Jesus. And I will reveal it to you so you can go. And he may not tell you in advance what to say, but as you go and you open your mouth, as you are obedient to his command, and you are present, and you, you are in attention, and you are in attendance, and you open your mouth, you will find him speaking through you. So Father, whatever excuses we have this morning, whether they be genuine or not genuine excuses, Lord, you are saying to us this morning, I have given you everything you need to go. Some will reject you as they have rejected me. Because the, the entire city of Judea had rejected the, the ministry of Jesus. In Jerusalem, they said, crucify him. But he's saying, even though they reject me, I still want you to go because it is not you they are rejecting, it is me. Oh God. They are not rejecting us, they are rejecting Christ, but we must go. How will they know if we do not go? Yeah.
lead me where my trust is without border let me walk upon the water wherever you will call me take me deeper than my feet would ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet would ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the water wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet would ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. call this morning is saying spirit lead us where there are no borders it's a call to those who are already in and you're saying God I am already into the family but I am here you call me I hear you calling me and saying go I hear you calling me and say go and tell I hear you calling me and say go and tell them of your personal experience with me And he's saying, come, my child, come, because I've given you all that you need. As you go, you will experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hear him call those this morning who are not yet in. And he's saying, if you are not yet in, I am inviting you in. I am inviting you to come in. I'm inviting you to come and be a part of my family. Because in me, your sins are forgiven. In me, you have relationship and you are redeemed and you, are, you now have access to the Father. In me, you have life abundantly because eternal life is given to those who accept the invitation and come in. And for those who have wandered off, the invitation is for you to come back He's saying to you this morning, come back, my child. I've called you. I have summoned you. I know you by name. I have called you. 
I have summoned you. I know you by name. I have called you and I have summoned you. Do not harden your hearts. And for those this morning that have never come in, you're, you're saying to him, Father, I believe. I believe this morning, God, that I'm a sinner. And I need you. I need your salvation. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I am indeed a sinner. But the Lord is saying, but when you come to him and you acknowledge that you're a sinner and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, he said, I come in and I become your Lord and your Savior. So begin to ask him now, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. Lord, forgive me of the time that I've turned my back on you and I've forgiven you. Forgive me for the time that I have turned my back and I have forgotten you, God. I have done things my own way. I have allowed fear to come in and, and to rule my life. I have been caught up in my own life and in my own affairs and I have yet to obey. But this morning I want to demonstrate my love for you. Like the disciples, I want to obey you, God. Because I need to fulfill. I need to partner with you, God, and fulfill your mission on earth. And so if you're in, get busy. If you're not in, say, today is the day to accept the invitation. Today is the day. He says, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Because I am calling you. There are other family members and friends and strangers around you who need to hear. But how will they hear if you do not go and tell? And so we may pray for them from today until next year. But until we tell them, they will not hear. And so this morning, Father, I thank you that you chose to include us. That you chose not to do the work on your own. Because you could have done it on your own. But you chose God to include us. So you call us. You invite us. Because you want to include us. So are you in? Are you in? Are you signing up to be in this morning? Or have you already signed up and saying. God show me where to go. Show me who to go to. Show me. Show me, lead me, God, lead me, lead me to the persons, lead me. Show me, God, show me who is, is burning this morning. Show me who you want to speak to this morning. Show me who you want me to influence this morning. Show me who you want to include this morning. Show me who you're inviting this morning. And I thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that you will lead us, God, where there are no borders. Thank you, God, that in your own way, you will make us communicable. That we'll be able to communicate, Father, with those who, who, who are not our norm, with those who are not of our cultures, with those who speak different languages, with those who have a different mindset. So we thank you, Father. And we give you thanks. 
in Jesus' name. So as you go this week, go remembering that you are invited. You are invited because God loves you. You are invited because he wants to include you in his family. You are invited because he wants to use you as an influencer to save those who don't know him around you. And if you're already in, remember, you were included because he wants to use you to invite others. So be blessed this week as you go. Be blessed this week as you go. May the Lord bless you this week. May you see the gracious side and the loving and the compassionate side of the living God shown towards you. Father, we just thank you for, the, for your people who are hearing my voice this morning. And we thank you for your blessings for the rest of the week. In Jesus' name. Amen. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. I didn't have to do it, but I did it anyway. Cause I really love you so much I took your place I died for your sins yes I'm the one don't take it
God in this room. Your power at work in me.